Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don All Sports Podcast presented by Give Us a Shot Network. Remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Also, please subscribe to Give Us a Shot Network on YouTube. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. We have a full slate for you today, a little bit of uh, everything in the in the sports world. So let me welcome in the guy who had a tough day at work. He's having a little bit of difficulty with his camera and, and background, so he's not in a good mood. But everyone's favorite, JT Jimmy Thompson, how you feeling today? Damn, way to throw me under the bus. Like, what is your problem? You, what happened to you today at work? I should ask you that. Because you bring it up, first of all, the fact that day, you're working day. and work being difficult, that never happens. So there's got to be an angle with this. It's a great What day. do you want? What great do you want? Day every day. Can we do this show? You must have really bad answers to these questions. We probably I already, I already can tell. But go we ahead. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. So go ahead and jump into it. What we got first? All right. So first, everyone's talking about it from Wednesday. Aaron Rodgers spoke publicly for the first time since his darkness retreat. He did not make a definitive announcement, though, about his future plans, whether he plans on retiring or play another season, whether that's in Green Bay or somewhere else. So how do you think, JT, the Packers should handle the Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love situation? I honestly thought you were going to ask me, how do you think the darkness retreat went? Because I mean, I don't know, man. Did you hear some of the details? He was talking about he had to be very careful going into the bathroom. He didn't want to like bang his head off the sink and like he got into some personal stuff there he, we don't want to talk about that you know what's crazy about that so he'll he'll do something like this and give out all these details but i bet he won't get one letter from the league office saying like hey it's time for you to show up for a random drug test like this is what the league office is supposed to be there for like this guy is openly saying like hey like i may or may not have sniffed some stuff in this retreat that i have been hyping up for weeks but as soon as someone does a freaky workout or has a good game, they get a random drug test letter. But we're not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, what can the Packers do? It, they owe him too much money. Like, you said it before. It's like $50 bucks. Like, you cut him, you're ruining yourself with the cap, and also you're getting rid of a top six quarterback at worst and a Hall of Famer. And, you know, I love Jordan Love, and I, I do think he deserves a shot to show that he's ready, and I do think he is ready, but – the Packers have tied themselves to Aaron Rodgers financially. So there's not really much they can do except for wait for him to come off the shrooms, get him into camp whenever he's ready and, you know, give this another go and lose a home playoff game. I I think what they need to do is they actually, I can't believe I'm saying this, but they have to let Aaron Rodgers dictate how this ends up playing out so that he is all bought in and they actually know which way to go. Because if he's traded prior to June 1st, JT, it's a $40.3 million um, amount of dead money. And then on top of that, though, if it's after June 1st, they can split that dead money 
among 2023 and then the 24 season. If he plays in 2023, but not 24, it's an astronomical amount of dead money in 24. It'd be all right. So, so, so I know you're the numbers guy, Howie Roseman Jr. Break it down. What, what, what should they do? Just say it. So, I told you what they need to do is I'm glad you got you, you asked that because you, basically you're saying you want me to get to the point. So, yeah, I do. Let Aaron <laughs> Rodgers dictate, hey, I'm not retiring. And I want to come back to you, or I'm not retiring and move and let me go. So if it's, Hey, I want to come back to you. Great. But we got to restructure the deal. And he actually hinted to that. I think on the McAfee show yesterday on Wednesday. So he would restructure the deal for only one year. And then they can move forward with Jordan love after that. So basically what they would do is he's coming back. Let's restructure one year deal. By the way, Jordan Love, we're going to pick up your fifth-year option because we got to do it this offseason. Well, we got to get a cheap quarterback option that we think is decent for when Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be here, and we basically wasted your rookie deal. No, but this is the thing. They believe in Jordan Love now. I think if this was a year ago, they'd be really concerned. They're not anymore. I think they're bought in with Jordan Love. They believe in him. They believe he's the next quarterback for this team after Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers, if he wants to come back, that's fine. Let's restructure the deal. One year deal. Then you move on and retire after 2023. But this offseason, they then need to pick up that fifth year option. But he's only going into his fourth year contract. So he's only making a couple mil, meaning Jordan Love this year. When he becomes the starter, it's going to be about $20 million for that fifth year, JT. So Jordan Love on a $20 million deal. I think that's kind of cheap because guess what? I mean, what? yeah, it's super cheap, especially with the cap going to be going up every 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 time. Right. And so. Aaron Rodgers' money is going to be freed up. So now he's on a one-year prove-it-to-me deal because Jordan Love isn't going anywhere this year. So if Rodgers wants to come back, great. Let's fix the cap situation. You play one more year. You help our receivers. You help Jordan Love. Then we're on the Jordan Love. He's Jordan Love's not going anywhere. You don't need to rush to him, and you can pick up that fifth-year option, and it's a prove-it deal. If he balls out, if he balls out like a Jalen Hurts, then give him the bag. Yeah, I mean, so you're basically saying Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere. He's going to be playing in Green Bay no, this year. No, what I'm saying is he gets to dictate it. If he says well, yes or no, me, well, I want, well, that's what I'm asking you. Yes or if no? He says trade me, then trade him. Well, restructure the deal and trade him so he's not as big of a cap hit. All right. So I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. Like, there's too much money involved to to mess around with that. So can we talk about boxing? Because I know how much you love boxing. I know how I much do. you like, oh, you know, we never talk about this, this. We don't. This. Like, you, we you, don't. Stuck, you stuck a lot of things on this show. You claim that we don't talk about. We're going to talk about them. Good. Just to appease your ego Good. and your feelings. So you want to talk Good. about Jake Paul? Yeah. Can we give a shout out real quick to our guy, uh, Mike Powers? Appreciate it. Thanks for watching in the comment. <laughs> It's, it's all good. I don't think you were supposed to put that up, JT, but it's all right. Hey, it's all right, man. He's 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 taking accountability. I like that, man. We love you, Mike. But Jake Paul split decision with Tommy Fury, suffering his first defeat. Never thought I'd see that happen. You know, with the script, that's not being in the script and all. But of course, everyone on social media around the world, I feel like they're <laughs> they're loving that the fact that uh, Jake lost his first fight. But the real question I want to get to is, I think that was his whole thing. He hasn't lost. But now that he has lost, do you think the central gravy chain is over where like where every whenever he fights, 
it's just going to make so much money. Is that over with this loss? JT, he has slightly a higher number than us on IG. He's got 22.2 million followers. Oh, he barely beat us. I mean, but what are we supposed to do about that? So he's he's got that. At the ringside, at ringside for this fight was Mike Tyson, Tyson Fury. We understand why Tyson Fury was there. Deontay Wilder, Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, those are big name celebrities going to these fights and does that mean maybe there's a future fight there with a Mike Tyson maybe even a you know Deontay Wilder so I don't think that the gravy train is over by any stretch it actually might be getting just started because he barely lost the fight and everyone wants to say well let's see him against a real fighter well Tommy Fury is a pretty decent Fury is a pretty decent fighter experts boxing experts say that Jake Paul is actually a pretty good fighter. He's a good boxer, I should say. And he hung tough, and he actually wants a rematch here. So I think he's in it for the long haul. So you talk about he's got the skills. He's got the social media presence. And listen, fans are either wanting to see him fight to win or to get beat up. And that's what you want, right? Love or hate. I feel like people either love or hate him. They want to see him win or get or see him get knocked out. And when you've got that, do you want to see him win or you want to see him get knocked out? Because I I only care about what you want to see. So what do you want to see? Which one? Actually, because I'm not on social media that much, you're our social media presence. I I don't mind the guy. I just want to see a good fight. And to show you. Remind me to start sending you just random clips of of Jake Paul. Well, both the Paul brothers. And let's see how you feel after that. And my final point on this is he made supposedly made 30 million. JT in the pay-per-view numbers. That's that Floyd Mayweather territory. Mike Tyson. Yep. The pay-per-view buys are just coming in, but they're already saying it's at half a million. That's amazing for a guy that doesn't have a history of boxing. So I think this gravy train has just started if he stays committed to the sport and really wants to be in it for the long haul. Yeah, I, as much as I want it to be over, it it has nothing to do with his actual talent. It's for everything you said. People hate him. They really do hate him. More people hate him and want to see him get the shit knocked out of him than Is actually want to see him win. Is that what you want? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I do. I, I want to see him get beat up like, like, <laughs> like Adonis Creed and Creed Two, like the first fight. Like wow. It, wow. that's what people people hate him. So that's why they're gonna keep watching to see if he's gonna, you know, bite the dust in the fight. Like they want to see him get knocked out. And you mentioned it, social media presence that drives everything. That drives your fame. That drives your popularity. And any entertainment spectrum it drives it so as long as he is staying relevant on social media pissing the right people off people hate him they're always going to show up to watch him fight i'm not going to pay for it but i'll watch the clips like when the fight is done but yeah people are still going to show up and the reason all those guys like you said ronaldo tyson you know everybody's courtside everybody wants a piece of the action man like they want more exposure for themselves more exposure for their brands more money in their pockets like what if Ronaldo's like, hey, you know, this thing is done with soccer. Let me just jump in the ring and take a dive with with Jake Paul. That's an easy $30 billion. Like, you don't think people would pay across the world to see Ronaldo fight Jake Paul, even though Ronaldo's never fought, fought in his life? And I think that's the well, thing I, about wait, him. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying Ronaldo's going to get in the ring? That guy. He would. I think he ring. would. No I, way. But no that's way. the thing. When no you way. have that many people hanging around, I think any they've shown that they can put anybody that's not a traditional fighter in these fights with him and it's gonna be marketable so anybody has a chance if they want to to jump in there and make some money 
No, I understand that. But Ronaldo's different. He's there because he was signed by a Saudi Arabia team. And that's where this fight was. I'm I get that, but I'm just saying, but but it's the hottest game in town. That's also and, why he's there. And that's what I'm saying is he wouldn't be going to it if it wasn't worth his time or if he wouldn't be seen. So the real question out, is shout out question to, is, to Mario. Would you for, would for you watching. step would you step in the ring with him? With Jake Paul or Cristiano Ronaldo? With Jake Paul. How how much am I getting? You're gonna get, let's say, two million dollars. First, yeah. the first round, and then the second fight. We'll see how it goes, and then your your <laughs> price will go up. Do I $2 get million dollars? That's your fee. Do I get training? Yeah, you you can train. You can you can train. You can train. Do with I get our guy. free training from like a trainer of my choice? Yeah, because I'm assuming you're going with our guy. Come on. Yeah, oh no, he's definitely in the corner. He's definitely in the corner. Vic, so, so is Vic. He's definitely yeah. he's he's definitely in the corner. For yeah, sure. So, so you got so you got for your sure. Balboa in the corner. Are you gonna you gonna put it all on the line for two million dollars? Yeah, two mil for sure. Man, he gonna tax free. Can it be tax free? Can it be tax free? Yeah, you don't stand a chance. I'm going to Vegas right now, <laughs> betting my life savings. <laughs> Worse odds than Buster Douglas had against Mike Tyson. Hey. All right. So one other thing this past weekend from this past Sunday, we had Dame time, JT, Damian Lillard. Dropped 71 points, including 13 three-pointers in a Portland victory. It is only the 13th time in NBA history a player has scored 70-plus points in a single NBA game. Wilt Chamberlain did it twice. With Lillard becoming the second player this season to do it as Donovan Mitchell also scored 71 in early January. However, Dame has not been able to even get close to an NBA title in Portland. So, JT, can he win a title by staying in Portland? No. And, I mean, it's tradition. First of all, the Blazers have, what, one NBA title was in, what, 1977. So, that just tells you winning championships in the Blazers franchise, they just don't go together. So It's it's hard to come by. Yeah, it's hard to come by. But if you're looking at the way the team is – presently constructed now in the way that it's been constructed since he's been there it's just not been conducive to winning a title and i don't know why he's so loyal like you look at the team now they're basically a developmental developmental team with a with a bad coach like i don't think chauncey Billups is a good coach like i love him as a player but he has made some questionable calls throughout his whole entire coaching time there with the blazers and we see it all the time because you know yeah we play fantasy basketball so we actually do watch the Blazers games probably more than the average person that we know the guys more than we should watch yeah like we know the guys on that team who we think are talented they should be getting more run and they just don't do it and it's basically if Dame could chuck up these shots and keep us in the game we'll try to win it at the end and it's like that's you can't win a championship like that like it's just him Jeremy Grant maybe who was hot sometimes Nurkic is getting older he's always hurt he's been out for what I feel like almost like a month and a half. Yeah. And Simon he's not getting been, any Simon younger. He's been out for a while. Yeah. So if that's your big three that you're relying on, and Dame is not young himself. Like, we just forget. Like, he's been hurt basically the last year and a half. So it's just not a good situation for him to win a championship. Like, the best that they can hope for is what they do every year is like, hey, let's be like the eighth seed and let's lose in the first round. Like, that's the ceiling in Portland. So, no, nah, he can't win a championship if they if he stays there. Yeah, I, I love his loyalty to the to the organization. You know, we don't why? see that. Why, 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 just because I, I, I love I love because Damian as a Magic a... fan, I'll tell you why. Because as a Magic oh, fan, yeah, okay. in, in a city like that, he could have easily have just picked up and been like, "See, ya, I'm out." 
But I'd rather, instead, I'd rather live in Orlando than Portland. But I, I get what you're saying. But, but it's like, so I love Dame, but, but it's I'm not a smart saying, decision, I, though. It's not a I, smart decision. Why are we rewarding it, him for making I'm, a clearly like a bad it, business decision? Like you well, should, you should it, go somewhere because people want you. You should go somewhere know, but, where you have a chance to well, win a ring. So then could, we, you've got to decide. I'm not saying you, but I'm saying the media and yeah, the public really and the fans right. and the fans have to say then, what do we want? Do we want guys like KD to just move around and go chase titles? Or do we want a guy like Damian Lillard to be loyal and never win a title? Because I agree with you. He's not going to win there unless they get lucky somehow with a draft pick. Like they end up winning the lottery and – you know, they get the guy that's coming out this year. I, I don't. I can't even say his last name yet. I got to. Wenbin Yama, come on! This is your thing. Thank You're you. supposed to be able to do pronunciations. That's <laughs> that's literally like fifty percent of why I'm working with you. Like but, for your vernacular, you don't even was, have it. Come yeah, on! But get that's your... why you picked me up. That's why we're good teammates. You picked me up there when I when I didn't have it. So I might not be able to do it again. So don't don't don't, ex- I, don't expect I, me to just be saving. I'll you learn on it the show. for next time. I'll learn it for next time. But. The main reason is, JT, is that I don't think the, the, it's twofold. I don't think Dame Lillard is viewed by other players as a superstar big enough that you would join forces with him on his terms and on his team in his city, right? Like, he's not up there with the LeBrons, the KD, Steph, and Giannis. All those guys have that sort of clout. And to be honest, not even Giannis has been able to draw a superstar. You know why? Because it's in Milwaukee and Portland's that same way. So now you've got another factor going against Dame is no one wants to play in Portland. I've never been there, so I'm not judging. But apparently guys want right to play in Miami, Brooklyn, maybe New York, L.A. for sure. But for whatever reason, they don't want to go out west to Portland. And that's just – that's against them. Like it – I, I feel like that's why he'll never be able to win because he won't get those other superstars to form a, a true big three. And so unless they get lucky with the draft, I'm sorry, Dame. Damn, so would Bancaro have, have saved their fortunes? Well, what I'm saying is, well, I don't know. Because, again, I think the stars have to align. Not only do they need to get the number one pick, but it needs to be a guy, right, that's coming out that is a gener a possible generational type talent. So basically Victor could do it. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, so this kind of got me thinking, I know you always say like, Oh, you know, these are JT type questions. Oh, this next one is for sure. I would have skipped over. So we're going to talk about them anyway. So let let me tell you a quick story. So last week, yeah, fans do, they need some backstory. I'm going to take them behind the curtain here a little bit. Last week, JT in the production meeting asked the producers, he didn't ask, he told them, that he wants to do this next topic. And he got it got axed. Nope, didn't make the, the final cut. So in his contract, in JT's contract, he is not allowed to be said no to twice to a topic. So he asked again, and now this time this topic's in it. it it's definitely a JT topic. Boom. I mean, you should have just introed it. I should have. I should have. But this is real simple because we're talking about guys like Dame and Giannis. And I want to, you know, talk about some other guys that maybe – we're talking about too much or we're not talking about enough. So most overrated, underrated players in the NBA. So I want to ask you, like, for your most overrated player, who's on that list for you? Well, I'm not going to take the low-hanging fruit here, so maybe you will. Oh, I'm really shocked. Like, I I got at least five guys I can go with, and I don't even think we're talking about. I'm only picking one, but. 
I, so who, picking, who's this low hanging fruit but, that you're not going to pick? Just put that out there. It's Rudy Gobert. Uh, okay. The, the guy's got. Sorry to say, he's got no offense. He can't play defense on the perimeter. You know, he blocks shots, win Defensive Player of the Year awards, but you know his offense is limited. But yet he still gets paid like Shaq. Like Shaq could score thirty plus points again. Anyway, my guy is John Collins. I mean, they have been talking about this guy for years and years, and Atlanta hangs on to him. This year, JT, he's averaging 13.2 points a game, seven rebounds, 1.2 assists. I mean, his stats have gone down each year since that great 2019 season he had. And from beyond the arc, he shoots 25%. I mean, he's got to be the most overrated at this point in terms of the hype around him, right? Like, he's never even achieved that hype let alone gets that hype, and then he puts up those numbers? Like, come on, man. At yeah. some point, at some point, people have to realize, like, he's overhyped? Is he overhyped, or is he just not a fit with Trigger Trey? But it doesn't matter. He's still I think it does matter, man. Because he's overrated at this like point. You, you can only do as good as the JT, situation you're in. JT, did you hear what I said? 25% from beyond the arc. That's not a trade problem. That's a you problem. Got to shoot better. He's shooting like you, man. I exactly. think, I think you if can you're shooting, at 25. No, if you're shooting like me, you shouldn't be in the league. <laughs> G League. Uh, not, not even the G. If you're shooting like me, you should not be in any sort of league unless it is the you you, yeah, weekend warrior. The weekend. If you're shooting that? that like that bad from behind the arc. I feel like I feel like JC is low hanging fruit too because I feel. That he's he's really been getting he's he's been getting the criticism. The guy I think is the most overrated. It, I might be wrong about this down the line, but I just got this feeling in my gut and what I've seen so far in his career. I feel like the output is not matching the hype, and I think it's Lamelo Ball. And I just look at the way he plays. It's I think it's kind of what's wrong with the NBA. Like it's all highlights, and we see that, but. Do you watch the actual games? Like there are plenty of games where he's making bad turnovers unnecessarily. He gets benched. He already he already got a coach fired, but coaches will bench him for making bad decisions. He gets in dumb foul trouble. Like he's kind of streaky as far as a score, and he's just not really coachable. So, and all this all this hype and flash, you know, I think he's still living off of. You know, it doesn't translate to any wins. Like they're one of the worst franchises in the league. And they always are consistently at the bottom. And he's supposed to be this generational talent that's lifting him up. I know Dame is in a bad situation in Portland. And at least they can make the playoffs and get to the A seed. And they can give that organization some glimmers of hope. And I'm like, LaMelo's just out here stat padding, but it's not even sexy. And the team is going backwards. So that's who I picked as my most overrated player. Because I think a lot of people think he's actually really, really good. Like he's a top maybe like 15 player in the league. Well, I don't know if he's that high, but one, I'm a Magic fan, so I already watch enough bad basketball. I'm not trying to watch Hornets games, too, all right? So don't act like I'm To be I'm honest with gonna, you, I'm not going to watch the Magic games because at least I know they're well-coached. they just not as they just not talented. Like, they're well-coached. But the, the Hornets play bad basketball, and I think it starts with him because – but this is the thing. He's young, JT, and they haven't really put a good team around him. They they had other guards like Graham. That team, is, that team is not bad, though. It's not they bad. They shipped off Plumley. Like I, I don't oh, know. God. It's, it's Plum, a little. Yeah, you're right. He's yeah, still Plumlee. he's right, still Plumlee. young. He's still young. I just think he All has. Right? I could have I could have picked a lot of guys in this list. Like I thought about Trey Young. I thought about um, 
Anthony Edwards maybe a little bit. I know these are young guys. I even thought about your guy who you love, uh, Evan Mobley. He's he's up there. Like I already heard people saying like, oh, he has Hall of Fame talent. But I'm like, he's not really showing me like that that, that dominant ability ability and. So, so I didn't that, the, the, the main guy I wanted to say, I didn't want to do it because I knew there would be static and I didn't want to disrespect him. But long term overall, like I could have easily put Devin Booker on this list because I feel like he gets all the credit, but none of the blame goes toward him. Like you are Devin Booker. Like everybody thinks you're elite. Like you have to keep getting better and doing more. And like what? I feel like we kind of shade that but to Chris hurt. Paul or they don't get the blame at all. But he got hurt, and you're on a team with CP3 who has had failures. So, yeah, that failure is going to go to the veteran. And you want to yeah, talk about Evan Mobley, right? So you want to you want to you want to give John Collins a pass because of oh the, the chemistry there. And you Trey notice I didn't Young pick those guys. Fit. I said I could have, and that and that's but, why I went with Lamelo. But but you did kind of defend John Collins, but or wow, you I said, at least I, I, I said I said I said one it, right? halfway decent you, thing about John Collins, and he was like, "How dare you, you do that?" But shit. you questioned it. But with Evan Mobley, you're not you're not remembering, or you don't. But nobody's know. calling nobody's calling John Collins a Hall of Fame talent. Who's like, calling Evan Mobley a? They Hall are they are saying that he anyway, has Hall of Fame type talent. Anyway, he's in there with Jared Allen, so of course he's going to be. Oh yeah, you, you, is, hold on. So is this going to be your answer for the other part of this question, the most underrated player? Because I feel like if it's not Jared Allen, like you a fraud. You love this guy. Who's it's the underrated player? Allen, though. I, I'll Ooh. tell you who's underrated because I get to see him almost nightly on television here in the DC studio is Kyle Kuzma. I mean, that guy is, I think why he's underrated is because he got such a bad rap in LA, especially at the end, that people thought he was done. And he's not. You go look at it. So he had a 31 game stretch from November 20 to January 25th, JT, 24 points a game. Seven and a half rebounds, 5.3 assists. He's averaging on the season 21, seven and a half, and almost four assists. At times, he's been without Porzingis, been without Bradley Beal. So Kuzma's probably the best. Actually, I would say he's the best player on that team. He's 6'9", a guy that can handle, play D, and he's got him at a 10th seed. I mean, he's got Daniel Gafford playing like the next great center. Hey, man, we're I mean, not going to disrespect Daniel Gafford like he's trash, though. I'm yeah. not. I got him on my face. Right, Gafford can I, play. I picked him up to, to play you. So you put all that together. He's flying under the radar. He's He's got a 10th seed. And he's on a team that not a lot of people talk about. But he's doing a good job carrying that thing. It's not just the stats and the way he's playing. He's carried that team to put them in this spot. If there's anyone else besides Kyle Kuzma, I want to know because he's got to be the most underrated this season. Hey, that's that's so tough, man. Because you, if you're talking about this season, it's kind of hard to argue against Kuzma. I want to yeah. say Shea, but I feel like Shea's kind of getting his flowers this year. I think he's always been underrated, and he's having a hell of a year. But my thing easily... is you got to be able to finish, too, right now. He's yeah, hurt, yeah, be able to and that's what season. we expect from him, right? I went a different route with this. Like I factored in this season, but I just factored in maybe like the past like two or three seasons overall. And I picked a guy that I really like. He's he's actually on one of my teams and I feel like he gets respect, but it's just not the respect that I think he deserves. And I think it's I think it's Carl Anthony Towns. Like I think he is the most underrated player because people still look at him as a guy that can't win. They think he's soft. And I feel like they think that it's kind of like the Kevin Love when he was in with the Timberwolves. It's like 
yeah, you can put up these stats, but we don't really respect it. We're not going to give you that credit until you go somewhere and do something else or you win a championship. And I don't think that's fair. I think Cat is like top 10 talent in the league, like when he's healthy. So I think he's underrated. I could have easily put Drew Holiday on this list. I feel like he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Like an easy 26 and seven, like anytime he goes out there and he can lock up your best, your best player on defense. So it was between those two guys for me. You always have a list. If we're giving a list, my other guy would be Jalen Brunson. 24, three and a half boards. That's what I thought you would go with. I thought you would go with Brunson. You love him. I I do love Brunson, but it was hard to pass up Kuzma, man. I mean, at 6'9", the way he can play, the way he can shoot, you know. But Brunson, I mean, he's been a game changer for the Knicks. So he's definitely my number two uh, underrated guy. So sticking with basketball and going into tonight's game, JT, Thursday night, the Dallas Mavericks playing the Philadelphia 76ers, the Mavericks going into it are one in four with both Luka and Kyrie playing together. So we'll see what happens tonight. But is this a big deal or no deal? You asking me, the person who always accuses somebody of overreacting to things. You wrote this one. Nah, this is you. You, you have created on control on this show. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't listen to me. I follow the script. No, because I because I mean it's obvious why they're struggling. They haven't played enough games together, and you're asking Kyrie, who is kind of a ball dominant player, to come in with the most ball dominant player in the league, and Luka <laughs> Luka Doncic, and you're expecting that to work in five to six games? Nah, it ain't gonna happen. Like the Mavericks knew what they were doing when they made this move. We made this move for the playoffs, and they have the rest of the regular season to figure out how it works between those two. So. Them going, what, one and four? I'm not really shocked just because, like, they need time to gel together. Like, they need time to see, like, hey, like, who takes a shot where? Like, how do we work? Like, what do we do in this situation? Like, this is just normal stuff you expect. We acting like the Heat didn't struggle when LeBron and Wade got together at first. Like, it takes hey, time, man. Relax. Don't forget about Chris Bosh, bro. Uh, they forgot about him, so I had to. Wow. Well, I see you're not a true Heat fan. Oh, I am. So, don't, maybe go get the, don't maybe go get the gear because I know how much you always get on me about not repping the Better than the Dolphins. No, you true, didn't say anything about the hat I got on. You only hate when it's convenient for you, but yet I've never seen you wear any Pittsburgh gear. You haven't oh, pulled out a true. Big Ben jersey. You haven't pulled out a Palomalu jersey. Listen. I haven't even seen you with a Kevin Green jersey. Like I know that's, that's a dude who played at a time where you were really watching the game. You first, don't got none of those. Do you first. even own a terrible towel? First, last year. Do you even own a terrible towel? I have multiple terrible towels. I've never seen I've never seen you with a terrible towel. You never bring one on the show. I've never seen you with a terrible towel. Why would I have it on the show? When we actually went to a Steelers game, you didn't even wear Steelers here. Well, I did too. Listen, last week I wore Pittsburgh Pirates stuff, so go pull up the film. All right, two. I'm right, a grown man. I'm a grown man. I don't need to be wearing another grown grown man's jersey. Ooh, I'm not excuse a kid me. anymore. Excuse I'm not a kid me. Anymore. Excuse me, grown man. Let All me right? back up off of you. <laughs> <laughs> Can I answer the question? Can Please. I, I think you already answered it. Whatever you whatever you said is the right answer. My That's bad. Right. I, I, You're for those who are watching, I've, I've I've never seen him talk this way before. I must have really pushed the button with you. You don't be finally, wearing your shit. That's why. <laughs> You're finally learning. So listen. The record isn't a big deal, all right? It's a small sample size, like you said. But I'll tell you what is a big deal is that defense, though, right? And that is why, you know, the whole Luka-Kyrie duo is a big deal of concern for me and has been. JT, the, the last six games, all right, 
Now, five of them included both Kyrie, all right, and Luca. Right, I can't, I can't, I, I've got to laugh at what Jason Curtis is, is writing there about the Mike Gundy jersey. But last six games, they've given up 133, 124, 118, 116, 111, 124. You can't win this way, JT, especially come playoff time. You cannot win this way. So, so, and, so, so, are we acting like the NBA is just whoever is the? But it's different. Come playoff with Ben Wallace is going to win but, it all. But JT, it's different. Come playoff time, you know that the Warriors are gonna are gonna tighten down, and they're still gonna be able to produce points. If you get through to the East, you're gonna have to, you know, play Giannis. They're gonna be able to score, but play D. Like they lost Finney Smith. They lost Dinwiddie. Both guys can play defense. And I know you keep shaking your head, but they've got no depth now. They don't have Dinwiddie coming off the bench anymore. They don't have Finney Smith playing defense. They got that your boy, culture. Christian Wood. Now you've got culture. He was always coming off the bench. You've got a culture issue to worry about, and you've got Kyrie taking the last second shots all of a sudden. How's that going to make Luka feel, especially when he doesn't make the shot, meaning Kyrie, so, and you still can't play defense? So what I want you to do is say, you know what, JT, I'm sorry. Because you said something about this when this trade was made, and I laughed at you, and now I'm kind of using it, you know, for my argument. This is what I was concerned about. It's like, how do they fit, and how does this affect Luca? Like, how does it affect him, and how he sees the Mavericks? Like, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal yet. But you're saying, you're saying it is from like whose team it is standpoint, and if that's what you're seeing, then I am. I'm talking about the defense, and I did warn you. But you, but you did say you just, you just mentioned about Kyrie taking last shots. Like, what's up with that? But that's different than him just coming because I presume they went to Luca, and he's like, I'm in, and you've got to do everything you can to help the superstar. All right, and yeah, two of them. The thing is. Right. But if that's what Luca wanted, that's great. All I'm saying is now, now we're talking about strategy. And now we're talking about how's the team going to react to certain decisions by the coach. And if Kyrie's going to be your guy at the end, Luca's your long-term guy. If so you really got it. You better really make wanted, sure you know what you're doing. If we really want to be honest, the problem is the coach. Because I don't think Jason Kidd is a good coach. And you've seen this before. Everywhere he goes, I feel like that first year. He does really well. The players love him. And then the second year is like, oh, the bottom dropped out of it. Like, it's, it's Jason Kidd. Like, he's in that Chauncey Billups where, like, I love him as a player, but he's just not a good coach. And I feel Jason Kidd, for some reason, gets no flack. And I think it's just because he's he has so many friends around the league. Well, I think he's respected. And I, I don't agree with you, though. I wouldn't say he's not a bad – or I, I would not say – that he's he's a like a bad coach or something. I, I don't agree with that. But I mean, he's not he's not like the guy in Houston bad, like Silas bad. But he, Wait, I, I rather I, I rather have Quinn, rather have Quinn Snyder with this he, roster than Jason he, Kidd coaches. It. Silas doesn't have Luca or Kyrie. Why are you throwing? He got him Alper and Shangoon and don't want to play him. He got uh, your boy Eason. He got talent. I know, he got talent in Houston. He just, top, he just he just that, don't want to put him on the court. He want to play guys like Eric Gordon. That's, and all these other G League guys like uh, like Knicks and stuff like that who shouldn't be on the NBA roster. That's coming from the top, man. But speaking of Jason Kidd, all right, after Sunday's game that they blew a 27-point lead to the Lakers, he had some words for his team through the media, all right, saying that he is not the savior and that he is not out there playing. And on top of that, he said that, that the team has to become more mature and not be distracted by the whistle. So, JT, did 
Jason Kidd, is that a shot in a criticism at your guy, Luca? Oh, hell yeah, because he's setting up his defense. He already knows what's going to happen. You have Luka Doncic, who everybody thinks is, is if he's not the best player in the league, like he's going to be the best player in the league, and he's going to be up there for a very long time. So they ain't going to blame him, and you just brought in Kyrie Irving. They ain't going to blame him either, and it's not working. So who are they going to blame? Mark Cuban ain't going to blame himself. They're going to blame the coach, and that's Jason Kidd. And he's already setting up his defense. Look, I'm not out there playing basketball. I'm not out there arguing with the refs about X, Y, and Z and not getting back on defense. So don't look at me. I dropped the plays the way I think they will work. Go talk to the superstar who y'all have anointed and go ask him why it's not working out. Yeah, and I kind of think it's right that he did that because for himself, I think he's kind of saving his cachet and he's letting people know like really what's going on. But it's a bad look for him if he wants to stay in Dallas long term because you can't do that to Luka. Like he's gonna be there way longer than you will. So look, if the team is struggling, be a quarterback. Just say, look, it's my fault. We'll do better on the Cincinnati. But he's not doing that. Jason Kidd trying to save his ass. Listen, this is overblown by the media. This is this is exactly what JT does. He's part of the media. This is his type of topic, his type of question. He's yeah, I'm part of the media pro- until you decide to say something that you, that's that's not positive about somebody. Just just wait, just just wait. I'm you'll, always positive. You'll join the media group real people. soon. I'm always I'm, staying. No, because you because you always try to put yourself on this pedestal. Like I'm a good guy because I, I have glasses on and, and I and I and I, I, never I said talk that. nicely. Like no, like you are you are you are ruthless when it comes to to criticizing people. Now, you might not when? think Jason Kidd did this and you're going to say something nice, but I guarantee you in this show, you're going to say something mean about somebody. Listen, I'm always positive about people. Try to see the good side. Listen, I, I do think he's sending a message, but to the whole team. All right. And who knows? What maybe team? Was, There's only two maybe, players on this team. Okay. And maybe he was referring to Kyrie Irving because they just brought him in to save the team. Did they not? So maybe that's who he's calling the, the savior. But on top of that, he would be silly, JT, to to do what you say he's doing in criticizing the superstar Luka Doncic. The fastest way out of town is to criticize the superstar. That's yeah, but the fastest ticket out. It and is, I'll tell it you is. what. I agree. I what. agree. But but I feel like he you see this in the NBA, and most coaches don't have the cachet to do it, whether they, whether it's their coaching career or like what, them what in the league as a player. Like so, like certain time. certain players because of their style of play, like you're gonna live and die by them. So the coach is gonna get the blame. And usually those situations don't work out to win championships and be successful the way Luca plays. Like if we're just being honest, like this yeah, is James Harden type stuff. Like people always say you couldn't win with James Harden. And what do we call players like superstar? Or what do we That's, call players like that though? It's 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 no different than James Harden. It's no different than Russell Russell Westbrook. Like no. That's These guys, we love them when they're in their prime playing, and then once we realize they're not winning championships, what do we start labeling them as? They start calling them coach killers. Like, he already knows what's coming. I agree you shouldn't talk about Luka, but I'm not going to let you guys make me the scapegoat when this dude is playing unsustainable winning basketball. We know it doesn't work. You're missing the point. No one's going to care that it's on Luka. No one. The fans aren't because Luka's going to be there way past the coach. All right? He might not if this this Kyrie thing don't work out. Nah, that's in the organization. Forget about going to keep Luca in a superstar or whoever the superstar is over the coach every day. Look at Exhibit A: Trey Young in the Hawks. That's your answer. So, so he wasn't criticizing it. That's 
All right. So speaking of Luca, I, I know you didn't plan for this, but I wanted to talk about this because I saw this today. So speaking Bro, of Luca, I, I teed that up for you perfect when I say see exhibit A Trey Young in the Atlanta Hawks. Just roll no, with no, it. No, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna skip. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to that. But I want to get to what Draymond Green said. I want to make sure I'm reading this correctly. So he was on Volume Sports and he said, "I feel like over the years, European players have not caught the same flack about winning a championship." as u.s players i thought that was very interesting one i want to know do you agree or disagree with that and then the other is like what are your general overall thoughts on that comment actually kind of when when you mentioned it in the pre-production meeting right before we got on air because that's what you like to do you don't let me be prepared yeah because you're boring when you're i i actually agree with what he said I, i do think there's a little bit of guys that come internationally, whether it's Europe, whether it's Australia, wherever it may be, that they get a little bit of a pass in not winning titles compared to American-born players that either went straight from high school to the league or to college nowadays with at least a one and done. My thoughts on it are, though, why is that? And I think it's just because our expectations – as Americans and American basketball fans is like up here. I don't know if you can see it. There we go. So it's high. Like that's the expectations because we're Americans. We think that basketball revolves around us or we revolve around basketball, however you want to look at it, in that no one can beat us, right? We're the best in the world when we want to focus on and put the best team out there. So guess what, JT? With that is individual player expectations is it's the perception that, oh, this guy born and raised in America, played high school here, played AAU against the best, played at Duke or Kentucky, and now is a top five pick. Whereas when we look at an international player, again, whether he's born in Australia, whether it was Yao Ming, whether it's someone over from Europe like Luka Doncic and Jokic, our expectations are a little set a little lower because – We haven't seen this guy play, and our perception is, oh, he's playing inferior competition than what our American-born players had to face over here with the AAU circuit, high school, and college. So that is why there is not that pressure, or at least international players don't receive that criticism for it. It's because of the expectation, right? Like LeBron to MJ, but why aren't we dogging Kawhi as much that he doesn't have six rings? It's because the expectation. Let's call it what it is. The reason why they don't get criticism is they're just not flashy. And people, it's it's an American cultural thing. Like how they view European players is they're boring, they're fundamental, and unfairly, they view them as soft. So when you throw that out there, you just don't care about them. Like, I disagree because they're taking over the league. Like, Jokic and Luka, like, those are the guys. And Giannis, like, those are the guys. What do you disagree with? You don't I agree I, with this comment. I, I, I agree. I oh, I answered my question. I was kind of just piggybacking off your comment. But I do agree that they don't get as much flack. And I actually okay. want to... I'm going to do something rare. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. So our guy, Garrett Brown, shout out, Garrett, if you're watching. Yes. I told him I would read this today. He actually gave a good good response to this question. He goes, it's definitely a fair take. Jokic is on pace for his third straight MVP. There's no voter fatigue, and it's a little suspicious 
especially when the playoff record is not there. So this is bleeding even into awards and accolades, not just pressure to win in the playoffs and win a championship. Like, I just think that at the end of the day, the, the European players like Jokic and Luka, like they're just as talented, even if they're not as flashy as like a LeBron or some right. of these other guys. Of but of at the end of the day, like they're going to play fundamentally sound basketball. They're going to be healthier because they're not relying on ridiculous athleticism. Like Jokic ain't getting off the ground. So he's going to be just fine. That's why he's playing every game. And they're going to have the stats where you're going to have to consider them like, all right, should this guy be an MVP? And you can't really turn them down. But I think the reason why there, it feels like there's no pressure is because I just think people just don't care about them. And I think that's dumb. Like you should care about Jokic. Like he's is the best player in the league the past three years. Like if you judging it by stats and everything like that, like, like you said, everything's not about championships, but I think it's just how they view European players. They're just not exciting. So therefore I don't think they register on people's radar as far as expectations. Now, LeBron, that's different. Like, We've seen LeBron jump out of the gym since he was like five. Like we expect this to be greatness. It's the right. same thing and like Shaq. Like Shaq is a freak of nature. We've watched him since a child. Like we're expecting greatness what? out of them. Like, are you really that's expecting greatness out of Jokic when you first saw him? Right. And that's my whole point. You said the word it's expectations. Like, and that's what it is when they're set high. That's, you know, that's what you're expecting. Um, So, that's the way I, that's the way I look at it. It's all about the expectations. Um, Jason Curtis, there have never been Europeans as good as Luke, Luca and the Joker. If neither of them wins a title in the next five to 10 years, they will get the same treatment. We'll see. We don't know yet because Jokic is about as our guy Garrett Brown mentioned, he's about to win three in a row. And at this point, if that was LeBron, he'd already be taking heat. Even if he's been in the league only five or six years, but Jokic has been around Jokic might not get another 10 years, to be honest. Like, you know, so. So let's talk about somebody that is an American player. I'm really right. interested. I'm really interested to see your thoughts on this, man, because I feel right. like you're not going the way I think you should or you will. Uh, let's, so let's talk let's about. See. So, all right. So so the Hawks fired head coach Nate McMillan. All right. With two years remaining on his contract. This is now the second time a Hawks coach has been fired since 2021 with Nate McMillan replacing Lloyd Pierce in 21. So there have been reports since at least December that there was a rift between McMillan and star player Trey Young. Trey Young was also reportedly on board of the firing of Lloyd Pierce back in 2021. The Hawks have now hired Quinn Snyder as their new head coach, giving him a five-year contract. So JT is Trey Young, in your words, a coach killer. Oh, absolutely. And I said this. I don't know if it was the last show or the show before. I asked I this rhetorically. And you said, well, hey, look, man, like they fired. Uh, who, whoever was the guy they fired? And then they hired McMillan and then they were OK. And then, I just read it. Lloyd Pierce. Yeah, not Lloyd Pierce. Yeah, Lloyd Pierce. Whatever, I'm not listening to what you're saying. They fired Lloyd Pierce. They hired McMillan. You're like, oh, everything's going to be fine. Then the McMillan thing didn't work out and they fired him and they brought in Quinn Snyder to hopefully save Trey Young. Like. Trey Young has been killing that team basically since he got there. And you want to talk about John Collins, like you forget they had beef too. And that's why he's been trying to get traded. I feel like for like three or four years, like it's because people don't get along with Trey Young. And this report came out this week from CBS Sports. They're saying he's not beloved and there's strong views that he fails to lead. And I'm going to quote what they said. The Hawks are broken. 
ugly and it's a total shit show. It's no secret that there is a disconnect between Young and nearly all of his teammates. So there's no co- there's no coach that can fix that. There's no organization that can fix that. That sounds like one little child with a badass attitude. And that's exactly what's going on. And the problem is he's viewed as a star. He's viewed he's as a, a star. superstar. He's a superstar. Is he a superstar, though? He's a like, and superstar. I, I, and I feel like we throw that superstar word around too much because we – and this is basketball culture, so they've done it to themselves. We are rewarding potential rather than production. And that's what that's what's happened. Like, what has Trey Young done to get two coaches fired that have done their job the best that they can? Like this dude has fought with all of his teammates. They all hate him. And he's gotten two coaches fired. Like Jordan couldn't even do that. So why should Trey Young be allowed to do it? Well, I'm glad you brought up Jordan. So he is not a coach killer because go look at the NBA league history, JT. Superstars, stars, players, they do this all the time. Magic Johnson got Paul Westhead. Magic Johnson got Paul Westhead fired. All right. After Westhead, I believe, won an NBA title. And who they bring in? Pat Riley. MJ, Doug sometimes, Collins. Sometimes you just got to cut a man loose. MJ. But that's Doug, Magic Johnson, though. This I, is Trey Young. It doesn't matter. Magic it does was matter. Still a big, first, Magic that's a was, big difference. Magic was still in his first year when that happened. Then MJ, all right, gets Doug Collins out of there, Phil Jackson. LeBron did it multiple times. David Blatt, see ya. Tyron Lue, come on in. Bro, Let's go win a bro, title. It, he David even got, Blatt. listen. David Blatt. He, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who the coach is. You're talking about coach. So you're saying Nate McMillan and Lloyd Pierce are the are on the Mount Rushmore's of, call, of NBA coaches. Exactly. I'm saying Roll is your eyes. You're, you're, that's you're, exactly you're talking what about I thought all you time. Talking about all time greats, all time greats that have cachet, like Magic Johnson, okay. Michael Jordan, and LeBron McMillan, James. And you're asking again. You're acting like no non superstar has ever had coaches fired. And this is my main point. And we both agree. And this is the way we both wanted it. It's a players' league, bro. I don't care what you say. We both like it that it's a players' league. And the reality is. The NBA is a player's league. So guess what? They're going to have the cachet, especially when they're a young star based on potential, because that's what contracts are about, our potential. Jeremy Grant's not getting that big contract if it's not about potential. That's what it's about. So Trey Young has that potential. He has shown it. He can score. He's the face of the franchise. It's a player's league. If he's not happy, see ya. That coach is gone. Bring in Quinn Snyder. I'm I sorry. I would ship his little ass off and live with the consequences. You're not you're not winning a championship with Trey Young as your centerpiece. Like, are are, are we are we agreeing on that? That ain't gonna happen. I I'm not gonna agree to that. It depends who's around them. If this was if this was Kevin Durant, then, then we might be able to have a conversation. Like, hey, like, look, bro, so you gotta go. Let me, let me ask you this. If the Hawks had traded John Collins away and a couple first rounders to bring in KD, and you got Trey Young, KD, and all these other pieces, you you wouldn't you wouldn't be scared of them. So again, it depends on who you're bringing in with Trey Young. Whatever you you you're clearly a Trey Young fan. I'm just saying it's a players' league, and he's not a coach killer because superstars. I think it should be a superstars' way. league, and you got You got to be that dude 
to be getting people fired. Because we had the same conversation about Donovan Mitchell when the whole shit went down with the Jazz. And it's like, do you think Trey Young is better than Donovan Mitchell? He could be. Yeah, yes or no. That's a yes or no question. If I had, if I oh no 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 no, let me let me let me let me ask true false because I feel I, I I know I know this is a complicated question for you. Fantasy draft, Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell on the board. Who you drafting first? Trey Young. Okay, I think I think they're in the same group, and we said Donovan Mitchell is does not have that cachet to even get teammates sent away, oh. much less multiple coaches fired. Don, Donovan, but again, again. He may not have that cachet, but it's okay for them to listen to him and get rid of coaches if you believe he's your he's your guy. All right, Cleveland look, traded gonna, for him. I'm gonna let you go on to the next question, but I'm gonna just All say right. it. I'm gonna say it, and we can move on. Trey Young is exactly who everybody think Kyler Murray is—a little kid with a badass attitude that nobody oh, likes. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I have it in my notes. It's funny. How you pick and choose how you want to see players. You like Kyler Murray, so you don't want to believe all the 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 bad press out there about Kyler. The way I never said I don't teammate. want to believe it. Oh, that, you say look, look, you hey, always defend him. Hey, you if, always if, defend Kyler, him. if Kyler Murray is a brat, I will I will I will believe that. But here's the thing. But why? I don't. Why do I don't. Here's, 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 here's the one. Here's the one thing. I, here's the one thing I've 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 seen with Trey Young that I have not seen with Kyler Murray. Players have not tried to leave Arizona because of him. Are you kidding me? They no, don't they have not go there because of him. No, coaches, they, they have they coaches. Be, coaches might not want to go. There. And, and and let's be real. Coaches not wanting to go play with Kyler Murray. You know, we 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 could talk about why they might not want to go there. It might be his attitude, but also it might be the fact that he's a little dude that they don't feel comfortable as their franchise quarterback that they're tied to. So that that is a very layered conversation. But Trey Young. We got we got we got the the tape on this dude. Two coaches fired, open disagreements and fighting with teammates, and it's been like that since he's been there. Like, show me teammates that are playing with Kyler Murray. They're like, we don't want to play with him, and then I'll change my mind. Trey Young, this is who he is. I know it, and he is not that dude to be able to do that. That's it. That's all. That's that's, that's how I feel. So Kyler Murray gets one coach. Bro, I don't want to turn this into a no, Kyler no, no, Murray no, no, discussion. No. But let's very, finish it. It's, you it's, open it's a very Pandora's, easy analogy. No, you you open the box on this. Because you hate Kyler Murray. Go ahead. No, I don't. I'm consistent. That's all I've ever said. I'm consistent. I'm going to listen. Consistently annoying. No, it, the, to you, I might be because I'm right and you're wong You'll defend Kyler even though he's had one coach fired because of his play. Because no, yeah, of his one attitude. coach got fired because that coach is ass. He ah, sucks. It's funny how you see it, but you don't think so. Lloyd so, so Cliff Kingsbury, McMillan. I'm not saying that Lloyd Pierce or McMillan are bad, but you're defending those guys, but you won't defend Cliff Kingsbury. You'll blame Trey Young for it, but you won't blame Kyler Murray when pretty much the same info is out there about both. So. This man didn't listen to anything I, I said. And again, you, you done with this? I'm I'm not defending Cliff Kingsbury, and I'm not saying you that. Sound like Lloyd you are. I know. I know. I know. Y'all, I know y'all go to the same barber, but damn, man, you, you, you ain't got to look out for your boy like you, that. You can't put up Machado yet. We got one more question. I, I'm so you, done. I'm so you, done with this. No, go no, no. The, no go ahead, this go is what you want. This is what you want. You want to have ten topics? We'll have ten topics. Go can ahead. Ask Quinn me. Snyder save the Hawks. No. See, I disagree. He no. can't. Well, well, what's well? What's saving the Hawks? Like deep run into the playoffs, Eastern Conference save this, Finals, save the season. Yeah, no, 
See, I think so because it's a fresh start for Trey, new energy. And remember, they did this in 2021 and you disagreed. Oh, they should have kept Lloyd Pierce. So what did I say? If Trey wants him gone, he's got to go. Nate McMillan's a good coach. Same thing happened. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2021. Yo, that was, I'm not saying it's going to happen again. That was but, the flukiest run. But Quinn Snyder can save them. He Quinn, can. Quinn is a great coach, and I feel like they brought him in to to sit Trey Young down and be like, "Look, little guy, like you wow. need to get it together if you want to be disrespectful." Run. I, I think you, that's why they brought him in. They they, they, they didn't bring him in are to fix the team. They brought Trae him Young? in to calm Trey Young down. Are you taller get than Trey Young? Oh hell yeah! Wow, come on, bro. Oh, you, yeah, you, God damn you asked me just for that. We gotta talk about this guy. no more. Go ahead, Manny, Manny Machado. We talking about baseball, so you, you're introing it. I don't know why you're not nah, for real. Because how dare you ask if I if I taller than Trey Young? Man, get out of here. So the Padres. So it's reported that the Padres and Manny Machado have agreed to an 11 year extension worth 350 million dollars. I need to go to Vegas with him. That will keep him playing in San Diego until at least 2033. So you'll be what, like 60 by then? Now, oh, man, that's good up. move or bad move by the Padres. Oh, it's a good move. It's a good move. This guy was second in MVP voting last year. He's an annual gold glove, gold glove contender. He plays normally north of 150 games a season, so he's durable for the most part. And to me, offensively, he can get it done. He's an elite defender, great combination. And on top of that, he gives you that extra swag, that extra little energy juice that you need come playoff time when they got to play the big bad Dodgers, when they got to play the Braves, right? When they got to play those teams. And I think this is why it's a good move. And I said at the time, it was a good move that they signed them to that big deal because there's an opt-out, JT, at the end of this year, a player opt out at the end of this year that would essentially make Machado a free agent. And you knew no matter what this contract said, if he stayed healthy and played well, he was going to opt out to get another big contract so they could walk away from him. But now that he's played so well and they feel like they can finally make a, a legit run at a title, and this is the San Diego Padres, this isn't the Dodgers. This isn't Boston. It's not the Yankees that do it every year. They need to get one. This may be their best chance. And so I like it. It's going to avoid the drama, the distraction of, oh, is he going to become a free agent at the end of the year? No. Let's put that to bed. This guy's our clubhouse leader. He's going to lead us to the promised land. I wish, I'm sure you wish your Marlins and my Pirates would pony up and do something like this for a stud. Right. I would love to have a guy like Machado for the next 10 years, even if it if it bites us down the road, because guess what? What the Marlins and Pirates are doing now, it's not working anyway for a title. And on top of that, Machado started this whole thing with the Padres by going there outside the box, getting paid from a non-traditional team. And guess what has happened? Musgrove gets signed. Bogarts, big contract. They've got some pieces there, championship pieces there now with some of their young guys to make that run. And if I'm San Diego, I'm all in. I'll bite the bullet in eight in years eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, if you can, every baseball team is doing that. Like, if like you, you can, want, you want prime years of elite players. Like, you're just gonna have to bite the bullet. Exactly. And on top of that, if if, if Stanton could get traded by the Marlins with that contract, 
I'm pretty sure if they don't like what's going on, they can trade Manny Machado. Yeah, because usually we're always on the opposite end of the spectrum saying, you know, these baseball deals are stupid. They never work out. These guys just never produce. Like, you're you're paying for past production, and it's a declining asset. And he's done the opposite. Like, he's, like you said, the four years he's been there, three of those years, he's played north of 150 games. Like, the stats speak for themselves. Like, MVP voting, all that stuff. But here is what I'm going to add on to why I think this is good. It keeps them keeps them as a contender, but also, too, you got to be nervous with Tatis. Like, he hasn't been healthy. And, like, Machado, like, has been. So you got to lock up at least a superstar that you can rely on to be healthy and put up good production. And I think he's, I think he's been a good fit for them. Like you said, it was an unconventional move, and now it's a destination. Like, I think it's a good move for them to keep that window open, and if a few other things fall their way, they could be right there making noise, you know, come playoff time. Yeah, and, and if you could put one of the comments by Jason Kurtz, it brings up a good point where you can't answer this question until we see what if they sign Soto. And on top of that, if Soto walks because they gave all their money to Machado, it's bad. And uh, Mets guy there, um, or VNTG Mets, thanks for watching. Let them pay Machado and let's bring Soto to the Mets. That would be great for the Mets. The Mets have everybody. Do they have room for anybody else? That would be great for the Mets. Not so much as a Pirates fan, but they can't even afford you right now. Like, like it's it's all paid for. The Mets will figure out a way to pay guys. All they got that Howie Roseman school. But but the thing is, with Machado being paid, they've got Soto at least this year. Let's make a run. And Soto already turned down like four hundred forty million. Some of it deferred. So I I don't think if they weren't paying Machado, we we don't know where Soto wants to end. At some point, the Yankees outside Dodgers, they'll outbid the Padres. But the thing right now is the Padres had a chance to not have Machado test the market, where Soto is going to test the market. And I just don't think at the end of the day they'll be able to compete. So it's a good point. But I think they're going to lose Soto either way. So at least lock up Machado and be able to draw other big free agents down the line. Yeah, he's the the constant. Like, you know it's reliable. You know it's going to work. Lock him up. All right. So let's go back to some football, all right, before we get to Forget About It or Fugazi, JT's new favorite segment. Um because JT thinks it's pertinent we talk about the NFL Combine. So, the athletic drills well, you, and testing. You know, you know, NFL, one of their biggest events of the year is live right now. Like, we, we shouldn't talk about that. What the hell was I thinking, right? I, I don't know. You put it at the back. The athletic drills and testing of the 2023 NFL Combine started today, and we'll go through March 5th. JT, which player has the most to prove? I'll tell you who. Well, let's start with who already proved it. Nolan Spiff. Jesus, edge rusher from Georgia, 6'2", 238 pounds, ran a 439, a 41-inch vertical, and a 10.8 broad jump. Jesus. So, I mean, the combine might already be over, so all this stuff we're talking about might already be irrelevant. But um, the guy I think that has the most to prove is, I think, uh, Ringo, the cornerback from Georgia, because everybody says, like, he's this freak of nature, and... I feel like 
when I watched him at Georgia, I didn't always see it. So I want to see him go through everything. I want to see him go through all the physical tests. I want to see him interview and I want to see like what people, what scouts and stuff say about that, because that's been the one thing that they've kind of knocked him on is like his consistency. Like, does he see the game at a consistent level? Like, you know, every snap and things like that. So I just want to see him work out, but I want to see the entire process with him because I, I, he should, I think he has the potential to be an elite corner in the NFL, but I feel like there's these little questions that are always like, all right, could this happen? Could this not happen? Could it work out? But I want to see how his workouts and everything goes. I think it's this question's easy. It, it's got to be Ohio State wide receiver Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Is he, he had, work, is he working out though? Because I, I saw something where he might be doing his pro day. I I, I want to I want to see him work out too. Well, he was supposed to, but the thing is, he still has the most to prove. He should be doing it. So even if he's not, he should have been doing it because he's got the most to prove. I mean, he had that monster game in the Rose Bowl, right? 347 yards, three touchdowns against Seems Utah. Like five years ago. Exactly. Now he had injuries. He played in three games, only 43 yards. You've got the medical process at the combine, so they're going to be trying to figure that out. Then if he does get out on the field, and even if he doesn't, he still had the most to prove going into this. I mean, I feel like he fact, went – I feel like the – the fa- you're right. I feel like the fact that he that there's rumors that he's not going to work out at the combine just almost confirms he runs like a four six in my yeah, mind. I, I, yep. And so maybe he's doing the right thing by not by not going. Well, maybe they the still going to see your slow at your pro day. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you're going to look bad in front of your friends and family. He, he has an extra. He's got an extra month to get ready. So which player has the most to lose? I hate to admit it, but it's Bryce Young because. He's going to look the least impressive out of all these quarterbacks there, like from a size perspective, throwing the ball, running the 40, like speed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he will be the Tom Brady of the combine compared <laughs> to all these other quarterbacks. Like Anthony Richardson going to be a freak of nature out there. Well, Lev is going to be a freak of nature. Like we got tall quarterbacks. We got, you know, quarterbacks taller than Bryce Young. There's going to be quarterbacks that are just going to be launching the ball. Like I want to watch this quarterback, all their drills, because this is going to be just crazy fireworks. We're going to see all the Zach Wilson passes that, you know, get people hyped up. And Bryce Young is just – that's just not where he's going to wow people. So he's my pick just, just because it's not fair that he has to go up against these guys like a physical competition. Yeah, I, I've got him up there too, but since you picked him, I'll go Christian Gonzalez. Uh, cornerback from Oregon. He's a top 10 projection at this point, I think being taken at like number nine. So he's ascending, all right? But he needs the measurables, the 40 time, the vertical, all of that to stay in the top 10. So I think that's why he's got the most to lose because even if Bryce Young doesn't look great, JT, how far does he really slip, right? Because teams are going to know Alabama guy, he still can do it in the game. But Christian Gonzalez, if he doesn't meet the measurables all of a sudden, there's some other corners that can sneak up. And now he's out of the top 10, and that means a lot of money. At least Bryce Young, quarterback, if he does well, he'll get that second big contract regardless as long as he's somewhere in the top five, top 10. But Christian Gonzalez, he might only get one shot at this. He slides out of the top 10. That's millions out of his pocket. And two months ago, I mean, I think mock drafts had him going to like the Steelers at like number 17. So you see him climbing the board, and if he has a bad day, he's going to be it back. Can tumble just as fast. Exactly, exactly. 
So who will be that guy that makes himself a multimillionaire because of the combine? It's a toss-up, and I picked two guys specifically for the 40 and the hype that's around it. It's Jalen Hyatt and Jameer Gibbs, running back from Georgia, wide receiver from Tennessee, because that 40, if it's record-breaking, it's everything. Like, they're already saying Hyatt, they think he can run the fastest 40 time ever. Like, if he does that, he will be the John Ross of this draft, where it's like, all right, we weren't thinking he was going in the top 10, and then, boom, he's shooting up as a top 10 pick just specifically because of that fast 40 time. Same thing with Jameer Gibbs. They're saying he could run a 4-2. A Bama running back that could catch the ball out of the backfield that runs a 4-2, they'll find they'll find a reason to bump him up to a top 10 pick. And he might even go ahead of, dare I say, guys that I think are elite like B. John Robinson. So everything matters with those guys when it comes to the 40. So whichever one of those guys runs the faster 40 and is record-breaking, that's the one that's going to make the most make the most money. So I'm going to go, since you picked two guys, I'll go with two guys. My first guy's Andre Carter, the edge rusher from army JT six, seven athletic stud. I think it is going to come down to the 40 yard dash three cone drill. I mean, he, if he puts up great numbers there, that would make him the highest drafted player from a military Academy in decades. All right. Like maybe, the highest in the modern era. And then the the other guy I've got is Brian Breezy. He had all that hype. Number one um, rated player. He had a a really good workout today. I'm not going to lie. I didn't get a chance to see all of that. Yeah. Yeah, Breezy's a lot. Like he looked, he looked really good in all the agility drills and he looked healthy. Like, but you knew, you knew this when he came into high school, dude was going to be a difference maker freaking nature. Like he he showed it, he showed it today. Like from he, the D, yeah, from the DMV area, got to see him play live. And, and I mean, he was the number one rated recruit coming out of high school that year. And there's a reason for it. And like you said, now that he's healthy, he's able to put that all together, put those measurables, have a great combine. He's the guy that can really rock it up the, the draft board. And that'll get him a lot more money. And then also on top of that, just year after year with production, he could he could be that stud for years to come and, and get that second big contract like we see with a lot of the defensive linemen. So who will falter, you think, at this year's combine? This is such a negative question. It, now, why I, do you got to put these in here? Because some because I mean you make it seem like I want these guys to you kind of do. Oh, why why would you put it in here? Who okay, we'll change it to to appease you. Who will who will not be as successful? How about that? All right, that's a little better. So soft. It's like that's, like that's a just turn. a soft way to say it, man. That's like attorney language. Yeah. Um, I think it's gonna be uh Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. I just don't think he's athletic at all. I think he's really slow. And I think what's gonna happen is you know, it's it's the Notre Dame effect. If you play tight end at Notre Dame, you're gonna be a first round pick. And they love that. Like, oh, he's big. He's smart. He he does all the things right. He's a great football player. He's smart. And, you know, they put up production. But comes down, like, can he be athletic enough to be a difference maker in the NFL? And I think he's really slow. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ran, like, a five flat or something like that. And then you really got to look at him and it's like, okay, can we take this guy in the top 15? Like, all these mock drafts have had him essentially forever like they're like he's the first tight end taken boom that's it and how do you say that if he has a bad workout so i think he's gonna be the one to falter just because 
they prop him up so high, and I don't think the workout numbers are going to match, you know, where they say he should be drafted. See, I think it's Ringo who you mentioned earlier because he's a first-round projection, but there's questions about his anticipation, his technique, and ability at the corner spot. So that's fine. Like, you know, you can have all the measurables, but the scouts want to see the technique and the footwork, and they're going to see it firsthand. So what does that do about the measurables? That puts a lot of pressure on him that the measurables have the measurables have to be elite, JT. And when you put that much pressure on yourself, ooh, I just feel like those measurables aren't going to live up to what people want out of him there to make up for some of the deficiencies with his footwork, with his technique, and just his his ability oh, yeah. as a as a true corner. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's why I said he's also one of the guys I'm very curious about because. For all those reasons, like we just said, like it's not just the physical stuff, it's the game. Like, can you, yeah. like, your recognition, like you're playing, yeah. like, can you do that? Like, I just want to see it's not just about the physical stuff. I want to see everything with Ringo because right. if he knocks us out of the park, like he's a top 10 pick. Yeah, you're right. He has the most, he, he doesn't have the most to prove. I still think it's definitely Jackson's, Jackson Smith and Jigba just because he hasn't played, but Ringo is definitely up there as, as well. All right. So, a couple more segments left. We've got one of our newer segments or our renamed segment. Forget about it or Fugazi. JT, we may have a special guest here in the future, maybe next time. Intro this for us. Oh, so, you already got something well, in the works. So you always, you I, always did, I did. I did. All right, cool. And then, and then the production team said, well, JT didn't sign off on it yet. We don't know if he Y'all knows about it. Anyway. So, so they had to ax it. For all right, now. all right, all right. I, so I, I got you. We, I got we, you. We, you, you we, you're going you're gonna to pull, pull some surprise move. I'll see you when it happens, and we'll deal with the repercussions after that. All right, let's, let's get into this because I, I know this is what you've been waiting way. for. Man, always so salty. So forget about it or forget The way it works, we're going to read a statement. If we agree with it, we think it's a hot take. We're going to say, forget about it. I sent JT the clip from Donnie Brasco, played by Johnny Depp, on all the explanations of the I forget about it. it. <laughs> you, you haven't watched it? No, I didn't watch I've seen Donnie no Brasco. No wonder movie. you spelled it wrong this time. How did you spell forget about oh, it? Oh, I didn't it's spell that. F-U-H. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. So you need to don't you blame, blame others. You need don't to blame, blame the real production team. That's unprofessional. Don't blame others. All right. If you don't agree with it, you say, Fugazi, it's a fake. All right, so reviewing roughing the passer will be good for the NFL. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because it's one of the few penalties that everyone can clearly see, whether it's right or wrong, sitting in their couch in their living room, and it will it will be better because I feel like a lot of people felt that refs got that wrong more times this year than they got it right. Like, there were some really bad roughing the passer calls that we didn't even need Dean Blandino in his fancy trailer to tell us the breakdown of why or why it wasn't. Like we can see, like, all right, the guy wasn't hit. Like it's not a rough in the pass, or this guy got blasted. It should have been a penalty. So I think it'll be good for them to get that right. Dean Blandino's now. I know. I know. I'm I wanted to I wanted to throw that in there because I know you like that name. (laughs) Listen, this is for Gazy. Let's first bring back the pass interference review if we're going to bring back any penalty reviews, all right? Because this is no different then. You say, oh, everyone's going to see clearly. That's not true. I guarantee you, you ask the defensive team and the defensive fans of that team when there's a questionable late hit. Oh, did he take a second step? Was it a step and a half? How's Yo, that's you slowed it down. Of course it's going to look like a late hit. No, this is a terrible idea. Next question. 
Next Let's see if you feel this is terrible. Anthony Davis has fallen off. Forget about it or forget I hate saying it. It's forget about it. There's no doubt. It's it's forget about it. It's 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 true, man. I mean, he was at one point there were questions. Who do you build a team around? Luca, Giannis, or AD? I guarantee you, one of those three guys doesn't belong anymore in that conversation, and it isn't Luca and Giannis. Yeah, absolutely agree. He can't stay healthy. He can't shoot free throws, and the shooting itself is inconsistent. And to your point, just think about this. What, three or four years ago, he was the crown jewel of clutch sports recruiting. Just think about how good you have to be and how much people view your potential for clutch sports to be like, you're our guy that we're trying to pursue. And I feel like it's been a sharp decline since then. So, yeah, he's definitely fallen off. We finally agree on one. Wow. Don't get too, With, don't get too happy about it. Next one. I know. With Damian Lillard scoring 70-plus points, someone scoring 100 in a game is just a matter of time now. It would make sense that it would be uh, – forget about it. But this is Fugazi because to get that many points – you just have to take too many shot attempts. Like Wilt had what 63 shot attempts in that 100 point game, and Wilt alone owns three of the 60 plus field goal attempt games in NBA history. And then there's what 13 of 22 games with at least 49 plus. Whoa, so you did your homework. For I did a while. my homework. It's just Woo. too many shot attempts. And guess how many guys that you know that you've seen while you're alive have had at least one of those 49-plus field goal attempt games. This should be easy. Two? Like who, are the, who, who, are the, who, are the, who are the shot chuckers? Uh, well, I, I would guess two guys. I mean, I'm trying to think of the 70-plus points. Okay, I'll tell saying. you. You're taking too long. It's Kobe and Jordan. And they're right. way – Kobe. They're, yeah, it's, they're way low on the list. So they're the only guy since 1980 to attempt at least 49 shots in the game. Like it's just Wilt and all these old guys. And I feel like in today's NBA, if a player even gets close to like 45 shot attempts, either the game is over because there's no more time left or the game's going to be so out of hand because they're too hot and they're not going to play the rest of the game. So I just don't see how getting to a hundred points is possible just because it's just going to take too many shot attempts. Yeah. No, it's a fugazi. There, there's no doubt. You're you're right. You came up finally with some research. Thank goodness I didn't have to do all of it myself. Um, yeah, it's a fugazi. I mean, we've seen like think about what Kobe, right, when he scored his what was it, 81 against the like, think about how well he played, how much energy he put in. JT, he was still 19 points short. Damian Lillard, we said earlier, 13 three-pointers. And he was still at 71. He was still 29 away. He could have hit nine more and been at 22 three-pointers. He'd still be two points short. Like, it is very difficult to do this. Like, what Wilt did was incredible. And to your point with the shots, it would be a whole concentrated effort from the whole coaching staff and the whole team. They that, will kill oh, you. They will what? kill you if the, if if you are already hot. There's no way you're going to be that hot and get 60 shot attempts in today's NBA. Well, what I was going to say was I think you'd have to go into the half with like 40, 40 or more points. And but he then did, I think he did team, go into the half with like 40. But then Damn. teammates, but then teammates and coaching staff would have to be like, all right, we got something special here. You're taking all the shots. Like it, it would have to be a team effort for this guy to get a hundred, knowing that. 
I've got some other stars on the team, but they're not shooting tonight. And you know the way that is in the NBA. If that's yeah. going to hurt my money, yep. then it's not going to be cool. All right, it's not happening. Next one. Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay, and this is just another overblown, drama-filled offseason. Forget about it. He's he's staying. Like, let's let's just go on. He's at this point, I just don't see him leaving. He went to that retreat. I think he went to that retreat to figure out do I retire or do I come back? Yeah, it's forget about it. One, they owe him too much money. And two, Aaron Rodgers playing for the Packers is like a child working for a company and their parents or their boss. Like no other place can Aaron Rodgers play and fail and there's no consequences. Yep. Put uh, put up that comment real quick about the uh, 70 points while I read this next one. Anthony Richardson as the number two rated quarterback on draft boards is egregious. That's for Gazy. Not at all, because he does everything that scouts. Are you coming around? You finally coming around to my to my viewpoint on him. No, I am, but but he does everything that scouts either accept or overlook about Will Levis, and he might do them better. Like he might have a stronger arm. He's definitely faster. He's bigger. Like uh, why not? Like why if Will Levis could creep up to number one, why can't Anthony Richardson? Like he's like the souped up version on steroids. Yeah, absolutely. That's for Gazy. He should be the number two quarterback. If Will Levis is up there. I, it, it's for Gazy. I, I, it is for Gazy. I mean, he does listen where, where there's smoke, there is fire. So like, obviously he's climbing the board. So we're not even just talking about his physical ability. We're talking about reality. So if, People are starting to think that, guess what? He's climbing on the boards of teams. And then, I mean, the dude has all the tools, like you said. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm with it. And I've been telling you that, man. That uh, you go, you said he was the next Justin Herbert. We ain't, we ain't going to let you get away with that. He is. <laughs> it's, Justin it's, Herbert. It's one, it's one thing for him to be successful, but Justin Herbert, yeah, you got you to gotta, you gotta stick. You got to ride that one out. So I, I'm, I'm, with right, cool. I'm with cool. it. I'm with it. I'm right. I'm I'm back in uh, Anthony Richardson. All right, cool. so are, are we are we done? Or I got no, 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 no. You I'm see ready to go what's home, on the man. list? No, no, no. I've been on too long. Yeah. Can we can we get out it's, of here? It's trivia time, real quick. People oh, love this God. at home trivia time. Send us your answers as we do this live because JT's going to take a minute or two just to to think he knows it. He's going right, to so take been, three hours to explain it. So we, come on. We've been talking a lot about the the combine. I got one trivia question here. Christian Gonzalez. I mentioned him earlier is expected to go in the first round. If he is, which it seems likely, he would be the first Oregon cornerback taken in the first round in 27 years. Who was the last? Oregon quarterback. Cornerback. Yes. Send us, you know, write the answer in the comment. Maybe JT will look at that ahead of time and, and give that answer, or he'll be nice and put your answer up there. It, it's a tough one, but it's it's definitely doable. It's doable. You just got to think about it a little bit. Do I know Oregon players? <laughs> you want me to give you the team he was drafted to? Sure. All right. I'm going to look it up. I'm pretty sure it's the Buffalo Bills, but I will look it up. And it is – I'm sorry. He was drafted 11th in the 96 NFL draft by the Saints, and then he played for the Saints, the Chargers, and the Detroit Lions. Let's say. go with. Was he uh, was he also a returner? 
Uh, I don't know. You're asking too many questions now. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm tapping out of this question. I have no clue. Right, you got no, me. no one sent an answer. It's Alex Molden. Oh, nobody was getting that. You don't remember him? All right. Yeah, so before we go, though, I've got a surprise JT in here. All right. So you talked about the Arizona Cardinals earlier and like their organization, how bad that that was perfect. You, we didn't even discuss this. So that's great. So NFL team report cards. I didn't even know they had these NFL team report cards came out by the NFL PA for this past year. And the union says the Arizona Cardinals are the only team that charges players to have dinner at the team facility and and they have the worst weight room in the league. All right. So payroll deduction. There's a payroll deduction if they grab the dinner from the team cafeteria or had a meal when they showed up for additional off-season workouts. All right. So, JT, I know you're big about working out. They had the worst weight room. I know we both like to eat. We appreciate free meals. So you make you make it you make it to see why we're poor. <laughs> of the two, of the two, like, who doesn't like hey, a free when meal? We, when you get a free meal, you know, hey, who doesn't like a free meal? I do. It depends on who's cooking. Wow. All right. I guess that's fair enough. So, of the two, all right, of the two. Of the two, you got to put that one up. Ravens got an F minus for strength coaching, really, because Arizona got like an A plus. They should hire Landon's Coach K. Yeah, JT, you'll know one day about about uh, uh, Coach K. Hopefully, you'll get to get to meet him. All right, uh, great guy. Um, he he can get you back in the shape. By the way, that, that, that's that's what, an impossible task, man. I'm too far gone. <laughs> what would you rather have, the free meal or a better weight room? Then. And I got the NFL contract. Yeah, or if you were on the Arizona Cardinals and they're like, oh, if I'm on the Cardinals, I want the facility, man, because the facility is what's going to make me more money. It's going to prolong my life, prolong my better weight room. And I I want I want that weight that weight and strength and conditioning coach that knows what the hell they're doing. I want the guy that got the A. Like the food is what's going to get me kicked out of the league. (laughs) And I got to pay for it. Nah, (laughs) give me this. Give me the weight room and the strength coach. I'll take that. So you'd rather have that than the free food? Oh, yeah, yeah, because I can go get my own food. All right. Listen, this is why the Arizona Cardinals are the Arizona Cardinals, man. They're yeah, charging this is why it's not Kyler Murray's and, fault. You can't even eat for the, free. That's why Sean Payton didn't want to go there. And they have the worst weight room? Wow. you can't. How are you in the NFL? I guess someone has to have the worst weight room. But they listen to this. I think they were talking about, like, things were peeling in there and, like, the floor was bumpy and not even. Like, yo, you are an NFL organization football team. How do you have those things in the weight room? Like, Already I understand I understand someone has to have a worse weight weight room, right, if, if we're ranking them 1 to 32. But to have it that bad, my goodness, no wonder. The Browns have had a MRSA outbreak in their water pools in the past, and they weren't even that bad. So that lets you know it's not Kyler Murray's fault. Are we? Are, are we? Are we done here? Are we done here? I think we're good now. I think okay, we're good. So to get tired of talking to you, to the fans and listeners out there, thank you for listening and watching. Thank you for the comments. We always love the participation with our fans. And remember, JT and the Dawn All Sports Podcast presented by Give Us a shot network and remember to follow us and subscribe to us on apple podcast google podcast spotify stitcher and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts and remember if you like what we do leave us a five-star review and jt if you don't like what we do 
leave us a five-star review. And remember to follow us on social media, our handle, JT and the Don. We can be found on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. So, JT, until the next episode, see ya. Peace.